0: Did you know horses have a spiritual message to share with us? This episode is about so much more than watching My Little Pony while drinking ayahuasca. Sacral expert and channel of the Equides, Dilara Pataudi, joins me to share the healing language of horses on Open Loops. Everybody, Greg Bornstein here. Welcome, welcome, welcome to your favorite late night talk show for the shamelessly fringe. It's Open Loops with Greg Bornstein, conversations that bend. I am here, your consciousness disruptor, cultural hypnotist. Curator of Experience, Blooper, and I am so excited to bring you another episode of the show that does not exist in the realm of the conscious mind. That's right. This is the Unconscious Minds show, late night talk show for the shamelessly fringe A show where we escape to the land of the mysterious, the paranormal, the spiritual, the esoteric, the conspiratorial, the strange, the taboo, the mysterious, the secretive, and the deepest questions of them all. Who and what we really are. My goal, of course, is to challenge your existing belief systems by sharing radically unique ideas that are designed to stimulate your unconscious mind and allowed you to step into the highest version of yourself. And of course in today's episode, horses are the vehicle. Yes, not just Mr. Ed. Not just that thing you saw preppy girls in your small world town ride on for fun. Oh yes, I enjoy horseback riding hmm yes yes i grew up in a town where that was a big deal you always had the 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 girls that lived in this rural we we were all in a rural area but some had horse stables and and enjoyed riding on their horses out in the out in the fields hmm yes it's a it's a very um regal thing to do perhaps I won a horseback riding lesson once. My, my parents won free horseback riding in an auction when I was six or seven. It was a very weird experience for me. Anyways, this show ain't about horseback riding. And it's not even about clown rodeos as much as I would love to do an episode about that. No, no. It's about understanding the spiritual connection behind horses now previously on this podcast i did an interview with angie Briars about her animal communication also we talked to kelly stewart way back almost a year ago in her experience with connecting with horses and in picking up on human trauma as absorbed by the horses but my guest today delara Pataudi, she is. Uh, she's someone that channels the spiritual messages that horses have. As we all awaken into our highest dimension of living. I know it sounds esoteric, but if you listen to Delara, you start to feel that she might be onto something. Now look, I I am not one that is drawn to the world of the animals. I'm not just this animal nature natural guy. I'm not. I'm not really predisposed to that sort of thing. But the more I listen to people talk about nature and how... Look at the world now and imagine the world with nature and all of us being in nature. Doesn't that sound more appealing also when you start to connect horses and aliens and the messages that off-world entities have for us as channeled through horses, well then my ears really perk up. You're going to enjoy this episode. Delara has quite a way with words. She's a writer. And the way she speaks about these horses, the way she connects To the energy of these beings, you can't help but feel there's something special here. I'm curious to see what happens next time I'm in my hometown and out on the stable with the horses and invading my neighbor's property while I'm doing it because that's the one way I'd get there. If you enjoy Open Loops, please make sure to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, and if you enjoy it, make sure to rate the show five stars and leave a review. Even just a few words will help. This is a fun conversation, again, I love the episodes where I'm going, is talking about animals going to be interesting? And then by the end of the interview, I had a great educational time. Here she is, Dilara Pataudi. Today on Open Loops we have Delora Patati, the Equine crane, Craniosacral. I'm gonna get this right. The Equine Craniosacral Therapist. She's an author. She's an Equine channel, uh, an advocate for oneness and connection. And today we're gonna get into uh the content of her latest book, as well as the work she's doing in general, which is The Secret Language of Horses. Delora, thanks so much for coming on the show.
1: Thank you for having me. It's so nice to be here.
0: Yes, 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 yes. I am. uh, Now, look, I don't know. I mean, my my guess is, oh, she rode horses for a while as a kid. And then one time they they talked back to her. But I don't know. (laughs) I mean, is that is that similar to your story? How did you how did you land on horses as this spiritual medium for yourself?
1: Definitely. I mean, your guess is actually really close to the truth. So I rode horses from the age of about two. I mean, I was really lucky. My father, he rides as well and he just put me onto a horse, you know, as soon as he could. And then what happened was I started training horses and I worked in the polo world. So with polo horses. And when I was 21 or 22... I had a crazy accident in Argentina, where I fell off my own horse, Who I have him now in England, and he was the first horse that I bought for myself, and I was training him, and I was going to bring him over to England, and I had this whole plan, and I fell, and I, I broke a lot of bones in my body, but what really happened was I kind of fractured this idea that I was invincible, and that I could ride any horse, and that everything had to be done a certain way. And he really helped me see through this whole instance how you know, horses need to be listened to as much as people do. And I wasn't really listening to him from a deep place. I was just doing what I knew at that time, which was fine, but it was very repetitive. And so then I healed and he came over to England and I worked for one more season. And then at the end of that season, I was still working with him on his training journey, but just everything I was doing wasn't working at the same time. And so I realized, okay, I need to start doing something different. I need to learn something else. What am I missing? And that was when I began thinking, okay, I need to do something to give back to horses. You know, horses have given me so much my whole life. They've supported me. They've taught me all these different things. And I haven't really done anything for them in the way that I want to now. So I began training kind of obsessively in all these different things and the first one was something called applied equine behavior and that basically looks like working with a horse on the ground only so out of the saddle understanding their body language to a certain degree and then from that i went straight into equine craniosacral therapy and that just blew my mind like all the doors in my mind that needed to open just kind of sprung open and I learned about the body, I learned how to assess horses and their posture, the way they move, you know, what was balanced and what wasn't. And then at a much deeper level, I learned how to listen. And I feel now looking back at that journey, you know, that was in 2013, I began training and I can see how little I was listening then, really, and how much I've learned and how much the journey is just continuous. It's one continuous stream of evolution with horses and um yeah so then that was really where the spiritual side began I think for me and all those doors opened and then I had Florenzo who was that horse that had the accident off and he was in England and then now I have five horses who I live with at home and I began in 2018 writing with them this book The Healing Language of Horses and I knew what I was doing at the time but I also didn't really grasp how deep the connection was going and how many other channels were opening up between us and how much information the horses have I always knew it was there but I hadn't really committed to opening up and receiving it and then when I did it was just like you know every day was like being at school and so yeah
0: what this, this is very interesting. And yes, yes, it's the healing language of horses, which is now available on Amazon. Uh yeah, very, very interesting. Uh did you well, first of all, can you describe to me what because I always wonder what this uh for, for depression they talk about. Uh craniosacral therapy and, and this kind of for for humans what it is. What what does that mean for horses? Can you describe that a little bit?
1: Definitely, yeah. So craniosacral for horses. I mean what's amazing about horses is they have almost an identical anatomy to a human apart obviously in different dimensions, but you know, apart from the fact they don't have a clavicle or a raw bladder, so they don't have a collarbone or a raw bladder. But what that means is is that just technically speaking, you can apply like the bodywork style of craniosacral to horses because of the anatomy. But on a deeper level, you know, horses are ridden first of all, like they're ridden beings. And some people say, and I do tend to believe this stream of thought, you know, like horses aren't really designed to be ridden. Mm. So that means, you know, they have a lot of unnatural pressure put onto their bodies and especially their heads. And so if you think about like for us, if you have craniosacral work and you're balancing out your cranium, like what sits in the middle of your cranium, it's your pineal gland. It's your pituitary it's these kind of master organs in the body and the horses have the same it's completely mirrored anatomy so when you work with the head the idea in cranial work is that you're working with the whole body because the cranium and the pelvis are linked through the spinal cord and wow. so it's the same with the horse you know they have tack on they have like metal bits in their mouths. They have riders on their backs. They have loads and loads of unnatural pressure on them. And so craniosacral helps to relieve and balance that out. But it also, you know, if you're balancing out these master hormones, which also, you know, a horse has a third eye. A horse has all these different chakra systems.
0: Right, right.
1: Yeah. So that it affects all of that as well. And so it goes much deeper than just the physical, like everything does
0: but um for depression wait a minute you're telling me the horse has the same chakra systems as the human well I've been
1: told I've been told by my horses that they're different so they have more more kind of immediate chakras that they work with I mean obviously humans have we have our chakras in our body but then we have all the chakras in our energy bodies as well um so yeah
0: have you he painted look. this? I want to see the painting. I know there's <laughs> always that's what you always see the different colors. I mean, I want to see what yeah. is the horse breakdown?
1: No, I mean, I actually want to see that too, Greg, to be honest. I haven't seen an image of it. I've seen an image in my mind, which is you know, there's an amazing woman who I studied with called Margaret Coates, and she teaches advanced animal healing and animal communication. And in her books, she's uh, English and she's based in the UK as well. And she has all these lovely diagrams of, you know, the horse's chakras in their body, you know, and they are very much in the same place. You would assume ours are like third eyes are in the center of the head, throat chakra, heart chakra, it's all yeah. close to the organs. And then the higher chakra systems, I mean, I, yeah, I, I haven't seen an image of it, but I've been shown that, for example, like the soul star is similar to ours in terms of, you know, it's, have many inches above the head, their earth chakra is below the root chakra of the tail. And then they have all these other chakra points where energy comes in through the spine and kind of activates those chakra points along their energy. Yeah, it's very interesting. I don't want to talk too much about it because I feel like I don't have all of the information, but from what they've shown me, that's what I've got so far.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Speak a little bit more about what they've shown you i mean here's what i'm curious about when it comes to your spirituality in general did the horses help you awaken or were you always i mean i i know that one of the things you do is you've done tarot uh you know you write poetry there is this artistic spiritual side to you delara i wonder what came for first the the horses or hmm. the spirit
1: i love that question um I remember writing from a really young age and feeling that it always brought me a sense of relief from just processing my own childhood and my own world, and also helped me connect to spirit, I'm sure, because I remember looking back through old journals before I was awake, you know, before I really went through my awakening. And I was writing about, you know, universal oneness and like connecting to spirit and all these different things before i even knew what that was consciously and so i think there's always been a writing's always been a way for me to translate what i feel um and i absolutely love being creative it just really helps me feel balanced and the horses have all of that in abundance you know right. they're right they're so spiritual they are so present The energy field is so expansive, you know, so I feel like really what came first was potentially the spirit when the horses came soon after and just helped to, they have definitely helped me wake up on so many levels, like understanding, you know, the mirror between the human and the horse and also human and human and the mirror and everything and oneness and how to deal with my own self-development journey. Like they helped me just through their own ways of communicating. So they've definitely enhanced a lot of what was there already. I think
0: you, uh, you sound like you're you an indigo child. You're, <laughs> you're a rainbow kid. You're a star seed. You were you were brought to this earth with a different level of consciousness in some ways. I mean, to be a child to talk about oneness and all that stuff—that's pretty. Uh, that's pretty interesting that's pretty interesting i mean they say there are a lot more of those kids coming now but uh for you to have that i mean look where did you come from were your parents hippies i mean what what is the (laughs) how in the world do you think that you were tapped into this so young
1: yeah i mean i definitely resonate with being you know either an indigo or crystal child and you know i've been down the starseed kind of cosmic, I want to say rabbit hole in terms of adding that to my
0: knowledge
1: or conscious awareness. And I love the horses.
0: Did, I was going to say that the horses talk to the Pleiadians. Are they oh connected? My God.
1: Yes. Yes, definitely. Definitely. I mean, I don't know specifically the Pleiadians, but I was having a conversation when the book came out, I was um, a guest on a friend's podcast and we were talking about like hybrid kids and how i've had experience with the horses definitely connecting with the hybrid kids and different cosmic energies so i don't again i don't know a lot about it yet i haven't had you know experience after experience but there's definitely a link
0: oh that's interesting that's very interesting okay so then you're you're doing this thing you're you're doing the craniosacral therapy work and then you're realizing that the horses, uh, it's a two way conversation. You're talking to them, they're talking to you. I mean, what is your, was there a specific, uh, insight that came to you? I mean, how did they, how did they really start talking to you? Was it something you felt inside? Did you actually hear a message, a telepathy? <laughs> what was, what was the experience where the channel really opened up that you remember, or an early one at the very least?
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, I I definitely have a memory that comes to mind, which I, part of my, I'm like, oh, it's too simple, but this really opened me up to understand that there was something deeper going on. So I was practicing craniosacral work and I always felt, from horses, I always felt their energy, I, you know, my intuition would always kind of flare up around them and I knew, I felt I knew what was right and what wasn't for them and everything but I suppressed it quite a lot. And then I was practicing craniosacral work. Again, this was in maybe late 2013, early 2014. And I was treating a friend's horse and she was standing in the stable with me with the horse and the horse was really uptight. There was, between the three of us, there was almost no synergy. And I was wondering what was going on. I was checking in with myself. I was at the beginning of my training then and a lot of it is personal development work. You know, you have to be that kind of still mountain present energy and I was wondering whether it was me and of course it was all connected so I was contributing to that in some way but I remember she said to me I said oh look you know he's processing and when a horse processes they can do it in lots of different ways like they can lick and chew which is just like us if we were chewing food um they yawn they eye roll they'll shake sometimes and he was processing and I said to her look he's processing this is interesting And she said, oh, he always does that. He's just being stupid. And I thought at the time I was like, oh, this is why the horse isn't going deeper. Like taking this kind of crumb to go deeper in the space because she is seeing him through this lens of basically anything that he does is just stupid and he's a stupid horse. And so I stopped treating him and we had a conversation about it and I can't remember exactly what was said now, but I felt her energy soften. And as soon as she softened, the horse literally went and just dropped his head to the ground and his whole body relaxed. It was amazing. And for me, I was really stunned as well. I was like, wow, the mirror and the relationship between the owner and the horse is much deeper than I've taken into consideration. And so what does that mean? You know, and then I started thinking about that with my own horses. Every time I was treating a horse, I would look at what's the owner doing? What's the horse doing? And that really sparked something for my perception of horses in general and just how tuned in and connected to us they are and how, in turn, we need to be tuned in and connected to them, not by necessity, just because it's an amazing experience.
0: Yeah, Delara, the thing that that strikes me that's interesting about this is, and again, I, you you came out at when I when I learned about your work very early on, you, you came at a time where, um, and I I was mentioning this to you before we officially started. I've I've spoken to several animal communicators on this show. Uh, I've I've spoken to someone that is no longer dealing with horses, but it was one of the deepest conversations I ever. Did with this woman named Kelly Stewart who is talking about the laws of creation and hermetic principles and daily life and all this stuff and then and she started by saying but also you know the way i got started was i was looking at the trauma that horses were taking on from humans and i'm going what is going on here why does what is it about horses specifically. And then your work comes up and I go, Oh my gosh, this is all she does. And she there's a secret. There's a healing language of horses. You've really done a deep dive into this specific form of communication. So my question for you is this. uh, Why not dogs? Why not snakes? (laughs) Why not cats? What do you think it is about the horse that is bringing so many people into this spiritual communion and understanding about ourselves?
1: Yeah. Amazing question. And I I love hearing other people talk about other people who have also had horses come into their lives and just change, you know, change the way they see things. So, okay. I feel, and in my experience, you know, dogs, absolutely. First of all, dogs and horses are our closest in general, across the board, domesticated partners, right? Yeah. It's like, it's just over the years been that way. And of course, that's another topic of conversation. Like why dogs and horses you know, and cats over the years? And again, you can bring in like the starseed energy. You know, dogs are said to be very connected to Sirius, horses as well. So there's that whole theme.
0: Oh, interesting. But yeah. Yeah,
1: that is really interesting too. And dogs definitely take on their owners stuff. Hundred percent. I mean, I don't know if you've seen that, whether you have a dog or you have friends who have dogs and you've seen that happen, but I, I know for a fact that say, you know, dogs will take on a person's illness and then it'll manifest in them as something physically and then if a person works on the emotional aspects or element of that illness, the dog will immediately get better, I've heard people, you know, talk about that and I just think that's incredible horses do the same thing but horses have this enormous heart energy and that's something that Margaret Coase talks about as well and actually a few other animal communication teachers talk about this huge huge heart-centered energy and when you get into heart coherence with a horse it is so powerful that that alone does something to shift the frequency of the state that you're in whether it's just your thoughts or your emotions or just helps you to have a spiritual awakening in that moment whatever it is horses are also incredibly grounded and very like ethereal at the same time they have this ability to be so connected to the earth because they're prey animals they need to be really tapped into their environment more than a dog does because they're always on the lookout for danger on a very physical level but what that means is they're always tuned in to nature to such a vast degree. And at the same time, they're also really, really ethereal. So they have this ability to go between these two layers or like, you know, infinite layers of the world. And offering that to humans, again, is something that I think is very unique. I'm sure all animals have that to offer. And I know, I mean, elephants come to mind people have these amazing and dolphins i mean there are so many stories of people just communicating with dolphins when they're not even with them and having awakenings through that but just my personal experience with horses is the fact they have this huge heart center which when a horse also is balanced and feels safe and is coherent in their heart energy that obviously we entrain with that energy right so then we get into that state too and people would just have you know spontaneous healings, just being around horses who are in heart coherence. And I know Heart Math Institute do all these studies on heart coherence. Right,
0: you, right. Your
1: listeners probably know all about that. But um yeah, so and then the fact that they're so grounded and connected to spirit at the same time. And it's something that I also feel collectively as humans we're learning how to do. You know, you get really spiritual people who are really open in their higher chakras and they're not very grounded or vice versa. And there's this balance that, again, horses when they're in alignment and they're present and they're safe and they're in a herd and everything, they really offer that as well. And that's uh, that's huge in my book, not in my book, but in my opinion.
0: (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. This idea, I mean, have uh, have you studied the way that horses have appeared throughout history i mean obviously they you know it seems i can think of uh they've been all over the world really and, and i wonder if there is a i i don't really know too much about the sacred use of horses throughout ancient cultures i mean is there anything there that has pointed you to mm-hmm. these truths
1: um i've done a not a deep dive but i've definitely looked at the history of you know God, this, this is now testing my memory. Years ago, I read a really interesting book about it was presenting this argument of did horses choose to be domesticated? You know, because humans started to farm, and then that agriculture meant that you know the crops were available. You know, the land was different for the horses, and right, right. That's that's one element. But you know, like you said, you tapped into it just then. Like horses have helped humans grow crops conquer nations or just you know deliver important messages travel I mean you just you name it horses have been by our side for such a long time and there is something in Greek mythology I mean there's like there's the whole centaur half you know half horse half human and what that depicts but I Mm -hmm. haven't done a deep deep dive into it and I think that what I'm talking about mainly comes from my horses what i feel around my horses seeing the effects that horses have on people um reading and yeah going a bit into the history but mainly just understanding that the way that we've seen horses so far has been very use oriented anyway in the last you know few hundred years it's you know you'll plow my fields i will ride you i can use you in a certain way yeah and we don't need horses anymore because of technological advancements so it's now horses are used for pleasure and I just again having doing the body work um doing the body work is has helped me see that the horses that are ridden are usually out of balance physically so then that led me to okay well maybe now is the time to make the transition from just using them to really being alongside them and yeah, sorry that was a bit of a tangent off your question, but I haven't done a deep dive into the history,
0: no. No, 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 that's a, no, 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 that's a, that's an interesting uh, that's an interesting point. I mean, is the uh, what is the so 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 being alongside them. Yeah, what what is the world you want to see? With horses mm-hmm. in an ideal world, if we are alongside them and we're and we're not just using them for pleasure anymore. I mean, do you do you have this vision in your mind of how collectively our relationship to horses would look like?
1: Definitely. I love the fact that you just asked that question. <laughs> because I love thinking about this and envisaging this, you know, future now world that I would love to see.
0: Come yeah, to life. tap into that poet, <laughs> that poet, that indigo child. Yes, go, go with me. Take me on the journey, Dolora. I'm ready.
1: <laughs> so, I definitely feel that the most harmonious way to live, like on this planet at this time with animals, is to understand and remember that they have so much to teach us, you know, and that we have so much to learn from each other and that. Comes along in so many different packages. It's like, you know, with horses, with my horses, I know I have this every day. Like, I'll be going through something in my own human world, and they will just do one tiny thing that will snap me out of that and help me to remember that it's, you know, I don't necessarily either need to be so mentally orientated or I don't necessarily know what's happening and just to be present and listen. And to remember that we have so much to learn from each other and just to, really make the time in our busy hopefully not so busy in the future lives to connect to the spirit and everything because that's something else that they offer like when you're with horses ideally you are outside in nature and you're appreciating your environment and nature holds this complete essence for that experience to happen and you know, spirit or God or oneness or whatever you want to call something that we're all connected to and connected by is in the horses. It runs through them. It's in nature. It runs through nature. It's in us. It's in the space between. Like, it's in everything. And the way that we can connect to each other, ideally, like in terms of horses and in the future, is just to remember that and tap into that and make that one of the priorities every day, you know?
0: So what is... I okay, here's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing we're we're getting rid of buildings, maybe we're not. But but in this picture, <laughs> I try to imagine what your world is. I mean, are we all in the grass? Are we all in the forest Are horses surrounding us? Are we making cooking dinner by the fire outside? I mean, what is uh I I can kind of see you you're, you're kind of putting me in that direction a little bit. Yeah. Um Yeah. I feel like you're pretty close to that, actually. I mean, I, I, you (laughs) know, I'm interviewing you, you're in a house right now, but I mean, in an ideal world, would you get rid of this house and just see the sky?
1: Yeah, definitely. I have this, and what comes to mind when you're talking this sentence is to be as close to nature as possible. And, you know, I'm lucky, like I live in a great property. I have land for the horses and part of this yearning in me is just to be outside all the time. And, So for me to get specific, yeah, it would be outside in, you know, natural homes, whatever, you know, like obviously hempcrete at the moment is really popular, but naturally built homes, sustainable homes, you know, completely off grid, cooking with fire, like completely natural, as natural as possible. And then horses everywhere, but with enough space for them to actually be horses, you know, to have like to be able to take medicine from nature like they do if anything's wrong with them so that we don't need to supplement them in any way to be able to completely be immersed in nature like I feel our bodies know how to be like in in that environment and so then the horses would be everywhere and I do have this dream of actually setting up a whole lot of national parks for retired horses and horses taken out of disciplines that they're in like polo or jumping or racing and just letting those horses be horses again in the national parks, whilst also having you know, body workers or therapists available because those horses have obviously been used to a certain degree and their bodies need attending to potentially. So having that healing support for them, but allowing the fact that they can just be horses and you know the natural vibration of nature to support them and then us living alongside them in that environment.
0: Wow, somebody fund this dream if you're listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> you they, they her website uh delara is they, that's where you can reach out you know what she'll she'll re- she'll work with you with your horse but also if you send her a message and just say hey uh what's your venmo and you send her like thousands and thousands of dollars <laughs> on this stream she'll take that too it sounds like um no i mean this is pretty good i i i love this image that you have i i, I really do i uh it, it, it's nice to go there, um, Mm. mentally. I'm, I'm very curious. I mean, what do you, well, okay. Let's talk about this, the healing language of horses. When Mm. you say healing language, do you mean it's, do you mean it's us healing them or them healing us or both? Good question.
1: Um, I definitely feel like it's more the former. No, sorry, more the latter, like them healing us. And yeah. It, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, I I realized a few years ago that one of the main things that I that my horses were definitely saying was the right track to go down was to this was this exact phrase is to help people awaken to the spiritual side of horses. And one of their strongest messages continuously through this book is you know, the fact that we are all one. And I say that and I'm like, again, that's just it's so simple. And that phrase gets thrown around so many spiritual circles, but they always bring it back to the most like basic, simplistic, grounded messages, which is we're all one, like live from your heart, like, you know, just do what you're passionate about. And it's definitely them healing us through that perspective that they have. And they do have a very high perspective of spiritual I want to say spiritual truth, but it's really spiritual, you know, rememberings. And they're offering that in the book. So I feel when I read it and when I went through all the material, I felt that they were healing me. You know, on some deep integral level, I felt their energy and God, I mean, even like just that alone is a gift. So I definitely feel like it's them healing us. But then it goes, you know, it goes both ways because if we're coming yeah. to back to them from a healed space, then it's we can behave differently or make certain choices that benefit them.
0: Well, I guess my question then is this book in general, I mean, how did it, because we, you said you are a channel, so did it, is this you channeling their messages and, and documenting it down? I mean, how did this book come about?
1: Yeah, so in 2018, I, I, they'd had a lot to say for a long time and I wasn't ready to listen or to, to open I you know when you can feel that you need to do something or you can feel that like almost like a if you have a job to do on your to-do list and you're like oh it's kind of nagging in the background and then you do it and it feels really good and the energy flows and like okay right now I'm ready for something else it was like that they had been kind of energetically hounding me for a while in a loving way to just listen to them and sit with them and just write and I hadn't been ready then I moved to the place I am now in Dorset in the South of England. And I went away to Egypt. I came back and I just knew that it was the right time. And I just took a notebook out and sat with them. And I said verbally out loud, like I'm ready to connect with you. Like let's let's do this in whatever way it comes forward. And then I just started writing and just took it from there. I mean, it was nearly every day for about 89, yeah. Nearly three years. Just writing and
0: writing and writing how do they come to you when you channel is it that's uh, such yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know Um, what i'm not even going to describe the possibilities what is yeah what what do you what are you channeling is it is it uh, actually yeah how were you going to answer that before i put any of my pattern-seeking dogma (laughs) onto you i want to let's get the purest answer to this question how does the channeling work
1: well did you mean physically like how do they physically approach or how does the energy come through
0: how does the energy and the messages come through
1: yeah yeah it's definitely it comes through mainly, again, this sounds quite boring, but this is the way that I experience everything. I'm very, very kinesthetic. So it comes through, really through these deep feelings. And then my, sometimes I'll see images, but very rarely. It's more, it's like a feeling and a sound at the same time. And then my hand's just writing and then the messages will come out. And actually sometimes I really had to learn at the beginning when I was interjecting my own kind of BS, you know, mm. I had to be like, oh, okay, no, 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 that Like, the frequency... I, I was going
0: to ask you that next, actually.
1: Yeah, that was very interesting. And I went through a whole journey of, you know, I, I was feeling guilty about that. I was like, oh, I like stopped putting my own stuff into their words. Like, I wanted it to be really pure and for their message to come through. That was, I just kept hearing, like, I just want people to hear the horse's voice. And um, so... So yes that was that was very interesting actually to feel the difference in frequency they do have a very high clear like pure energy and feeling that comes through and i would always always go away from a sitting feeling like oh my god like emotionally amazing uplifted like so so like oh, just awake and like my whole body would be thrumming and i could go into sitting with them in the complete opposite state of being and i would come out just feeling incredibly aligned and actually i hadn't thought about that for a while that was a real gift um but yeah to answer your question specifically you definitely feeling the energy of what they're saying and that would come in waves and then letting that energy move through me, sometimes seeing images or words, and then just writing and letting my hand move and do the work. And there are a few sections in the book that I don't have any recollection of writing at all. Um, Wow. But yeah, that was also really interesting. It was a big learning curve for me. I mean, I'd never done anything like that so deliberately, but um, yeah.
0: I find that very interesting because, yeah, my question was going to be about you know, you're already tapped into something as a young kid before you get the horses. So I was wondering, you know, for someone that's been following Delara's writings since you were five, which I don't know if you have any people that are doing that, that's pretty weird. But if they are going, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute, she's been writing this poetry since she's a kid and now she's given the horses credit. Um, do, do you think, I mean, is there anything that sticks out to you right off the bat that you can notice that's different in the language of this book versus all the other writings that you've done
1: yeah no it's again another really good question actually the writing and the language is very similar which is something that my boyfriend brought up and i was like yeah that's really true when i look at it and when i read through the book and i was reading through the material and i was putting everything together i was like there's no way that I wrote this like it just is way too spiritually advanced for me mm. so the energy in it is God, that's that's my feeling I'm like there's just this is and I had to keep pinching myself I was like is it like is this too out there for people does this make sense it's such flowery language like ugh, I was I went through my own process of being confident enough to even put the book out there but um, the energy behind it is 100% more like palpably not human than mm-hmm. my writing. You know what I mean, that's that's the best way for me to describe it because, yeah, the language, some of it is very similar. And I did look at that. I was like, it's, you know, why those words or why say it in this way? But the concepts, some of them I just, you know, I really don't know anything about. And I was gonna say, was, is there
0: anything that surprised you? I mean, you 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 yeah. seem to have some spiritual framework already in place, but I'm wondering if uh when you really channeled it, there was something you learned that made you go, whoa, I never thought about things like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. The presence, the way they talk about presence, taught me a lot because again, I had just similar to the way I used to ride, I just would show up and sit down and either go in for a healing with them or sit in meditation and write and just assume that because I was showing up, I was in the right state of energy. And what they were bringing through in a lot of the written work is that, you know, no, you you do have to be present and get your energy to a specific place, because when you do that, first of all, like, you know, you're a clear channel, but also you're tapped in again to that universal vibration and when you do that you know you, you know, have you want to look at it like you can come to realizations or awakenings or you know emotional healing and then to so the way they spoke about presence at such a deep level did surprise me and help me to you know obviously be more present with them and understand where there were blockages in me that you know wasn't enabling that and vice versa and then there is one concept that i still need to really sit with and integrate which is the 12th seat of light which one of the horses olympia brought through oh you came- gotta
0: talk to me about <laughs> that yeah we need to know about that seat seat or I can seat?
1: Try seat like is it a seat that you sit on
0: oh um, yeah i love reclining i love chairs <laughs> tell me about <laughs> that, that i can actually sit down and experience some light i need to know i need to know Delaro. yeah tell me a little bit about this
1: Okay, well, do you want me just to read you the section? It's really short.
0: Yeah, no, please, please. Let's dig into this.
1: Okay, the 12th seat of light. The 12th seat is the 12th body of light, the 12th illumination where the center of life is renewed. Choose to be within this space. The 12th seat is where we all exist in light and love. Harmonic frequencies draw through this space in the same way Love spreads its vibration as an outsourcing of harmony itself. Love is the frequency of eternal renewal, light and abundance through all things. When you are in love, your thriving is a natural source of energy. There need be only this.
0: (laughs) What? Now, now I'm curious. I mean, what do you think that means?
1: Mm. So when it came through, what I saw was I felt... First of all, I felt my crown chakra was really open when she delivered this message because I was doing something really random with her, with this horse, I was just standing with her and then suddenly all this information came through and I actually wrote it on my phone. Um, yeah. And so I felt my crown chakra was really open and what I saw was, yeah, this just this direct connection with really, you know, our higher chakras. And allowing the body of light and the body of energy that essentially, you know, descends, I'm doing air quotes, descends down from those higher energy centers down around us and then allowing ourselves to expand out into that energy. And when we really sit in that energy and allow ourselves to feel it and experience it, obviously she's mentioning like the love and the light and the harmony and what that can bring to to us and our understanding of who we are and then grounding that down into the earth. That's what I saw. I saw like this kind of arc of energy from those higher centers. And of course, at that time I was like, must be like the 12th center.
0: But yeah. you know,
1: I was like, I wasn't sure. I was like, I don't know. I was know. gonna say, why 12?
0: What are the other one through 11? Do you know? <laughs> are there other seats?
1: Yeah. No, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure, I'm sure there are. And it's something that I really want to explore with her. And I just haven't made the time to sit down and listen to what she has to say about that yet. And I, you know, at the time I was like, "What is this?" It felt like it was a topic in and of itself. And I actually um, was working with another animal communicator with something specific at that time, and I mentioned it to her. And I was like, "I don't, I don't know what this is, but I'm really interested in it." And we kind of we came to the conclusion that it was just all I needed to know at that time, and the only bit that needed to go in the book was that particular paragraph so it's it's interesting i mean we'll see what else comes through but it's nice to be able to describe it to you now because when i tune into the frequency of what she's saying it's it is that that harmony and the light and the love all together that we can all tap into and call into our our other energy bodies whenever we want to you know
0: yeah it's it's a good are they going hey do not confuse this for saddle this is not the saddle of light we said seat so i mean i I, i'd be i'd be nervous if i was a horse that's that's very close people might think you're uh you know that's really funny (laughs) Um, i'd be yes (laughs) i don't know i'm just concerned for the horses right now Um, that's pretty
1: funny i i never thought about that i mean the whole book is so it's like so steers away from riding in general and like the energy and the frequency of riding that I highly doubt that would come up to someone's mind, but you never know. You never <laughs> I know. know.
0: I, I, I'm just, I'm, tr- I'm trying to connect for a second, uh, <laughs> with the concerns. <laughs> yeah. This is now, this is interesting. You do have uh, these different horses. You have this herd family, uh, Toby, Florenzo, Olympia, Latina, uh, very fascinating. What is your what is your relationship to this herd? I mean, do you yeah, the you the way you describe them on your website, they have different personalities. Um I it's it's fascinating to to break down the names like that and to do it in that way. I mean, is this uh do you really fe- do you feel like their mother? What is your when you say family, what do you mean?
1: Yeah. Yeah, you know what just came to mind is like 10 years from now or if I was in a different place in my consciousness would they even have names you know the whole naming thing just came to my mind like when you said oh interesting how I named them like that and I was like yeah he's right like why did I name them like that and why do they have names and you know yeah um so family for me means uh like having each other's best interests at heart and I feel that like every day all the time that I've committed to and wanted to spend with them we've generated this bond that I associate with family connection closeness community, you know support and um I have different relationships with all of them they are all completely different and they all carry their own energy their own history and everything and yet at the same time they are very um united herd. so they're all they all need to be with each other all the time, you know. Um, do you want to know histories of each horse or? Yeah, you
0: know what, give me, yeah, let's do a breakdown just so, uh, you know, you, you don't have to go into everything. But I am kind of curious about uh, the the differences and, and how they all came to be a part of this family.
1: Okay, so Florenzo, I met and bought in Argentina. And he was the horse I had the fall off, which I told you about at the beginning. Um, he, I mean, him and I definitely have a soul bond. It was one of those classic like you see, you see this horse or this person from across the room and you just know that it's you're meant to yeah. be together. It was like that. And um so he came over to England in 2012. and yeah, and that was that we were just it, he was just in my life forever from that point. And he he definitely, he's the leader of the herd, he's the alpha he put kind of, again, air quotes, puts everybody in their place, but also is like, you know, butter wouldn't melt. Like he's so soft and he's the one who goes super high out into the ethers. Like when he's meditating, when he's in space, like as I call it, like in that centered space, he's just not in his body, which is amazing to see when he gets back into his body fully, because like his eyes change, his energy changes, like he does all these specific movements um and then Latina came the year after again I was in Argentina and I brought her there again at that time I was still riding I planned to bring her over to England and train her to be a polo pony that never happened but she came over the year after Florenzo and she came to live with Florenzo and I where I was at that time in Hampshire and yeah so they're kind of from the same geographical frequency i guess and you can definitely tell i mean she's really sensitive to english weather still which is interesting Uh um and then olympia and toby are the older horses so florenzo and latina were both six when i got them and then olympia and toby so toby actually my dad who plays polo he bought toby when he was eight he played him for 10 years and then I always knew him because he's such an amazing horse to ride and he's super sensitive. He's really, really hyper, hyper sensitive to everything that you do, all your movements, the sounds that you make. And it doesn't come up often, but that's because it's always either me or my partner or someone who knows them with the horses. And um, so when he retired, I was like, please, please give him to me, please. I want him. I want to look after him. I like, I, There was something in his energy that just it felt like home. So he came to live with the three of us and then Olympia was a similar situation. She played polo her whole life and my mom actually saw her where I was working and decided to buy her to bring her away from the polo world and to give her like you know, a retired life. And so then she came to me and she is, she's like, she's the matriarch. She is also such a responsible mare, I mean like, you know, if you want to get down and dirty and do work and like do channeling work, she's always there and up for it. And she has so much spiritual wisdom to impart. It just blows my mind. I feel like I've only been able to tap into the make a cornerstone of it. Um, And then I actually have a fifth horse, Layla, who is only three years old and I, she's amazing, oh my God. She's a proper starseed if there ever was one. Yeah, she just, her energy is so, it's so cosmic and light. And like, she just reminds me of so many different ancient civilizations whilst being so young and vibrant at the same time. So she uh, was bred by a woman who lived just across the road from me, where I live. And somebody told me about her when she was one year old. And I went to see her and I just, again, was just following my intuition. I actually got her because I wanted to ride again and my plan was to break her in and train her in a completely different, very natural horsemanship, gentle way. And yeah, and she, she came and she's really just integrated into the herd. And I don't know if I'm gonna follow that dream yet because I'm still working on my own perceptions in terms of riding and horses and how good or bad it is for them. But she also has a lot of wisdom to impart.
0: Yeah, that's a great breakdown. Uh, do you, <laughs> <laughs> I, I was going to say you have the herd, uh, when you do tarot, do the horses get involved at all? Would you ever have yeah. a horse draw a card?
1: <sighs> yeah, distantly, yes. So I used to do tarot readings for people distantly. And what we would do is we would tune in to their horse or horses. And we would ask questions either in relation to their horse or you know just about the owner or the guardian, but then we would ask the energy of horses to come in and then. That would work through me and then the cards would come that way, but i've never had a horse in physical actually pick a card that would be amazing that's a really good idea.
0: I was gonna yeah, you do Reiki too. I mean, are they look they, they they I guess they have a healing language uh, if you could get horses to do Reiki though, delara, I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I don't know. They're they're pulling cards. They're doing reiki. I mean, I don't know. I feel uh, was it there on Britain's Got Talent? Was it there a psychic dog <laughs> or something? I don't even know. Um, uh, no, I mean this is cool. This is cool. What you're doing? You're 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 integrating all these things. Yeah, you know what? When you said from a distance, here's my question for you: Have you ever had any telepathic communication from horses that are? far away from you yeah
1: yeah definitely when i did my animal communication training uh all of our case study work and all the work after that you know had to or it was necessary to to do it with animals who were far away they're in different countries or different parts of the country that you were living in and um a friend of, a friend of mine my cousin runs an equine sanctuary in india and I've done communications with her horses and I went out there and I treated them with craniosacral, but a lot of messages will come through distantly as well. If she's on the phone and I'm tuning into them and yeah, it's, I mean, the thing is, as I'm sure, you know, and all your listeners know, like it's, you no, know, there is no time and space. Once you get past that perception of, of the fact that it's, it's, you know, that created construct. So it's yeah, when you tap into that, it's like, you know, the horses is either right next to you or in you or you know it's there is no distance between you once you tune in it's just energy and energy is can be in so many different places at once
0: yeah here's my uh, you know to to uh really bring this all together in a way i'm curious i don't get the sense Delara, that okay let me put it this way when somebody says I'm going to tune into this divine nature of horses and dedicate my life to it, there's a part of me that's going, okay, if I talk to Delara, is she going to come on this show and say, everybody should be looking at horses. You are missing horses. This, they are the keys. They are the, the, the gatekeepers to enlightenment. I don't get that sense from you, uh, which is nice. It, it, It is good not to, you know, uh, force dealing with these four-legged creatures on all of us i mean i think that's that that's a good thing but at the same time uh why wouldn't we i mean i don't know at the end of the day if people were to walk away from this conversation and go huh i've never thought about horses this way they're interested Uh, i guess let me let me frame it this way should the world pay more attention to horses? If they, even if they're not in anyone's life whatsoever, if they've never, even, maybe they've never even seen a horse in person. If you had it your way and could wave a magic wand over the entire Earth, would everybody be talking with these creatures?
1: I mean, yes. To answer that part of your question, of course, a hundred percent. And it's at the same time, I really believe in everything being an energetic match. So, yeah, you know, whatever is most relevant for a person's whatever you want to say like healing awakening life experience connection with self whatever whatever is most relevant for that person and of the highest good will come into their life and so it's maybe that's where this you know not forcing horses onto the whole world because ultimately like the horse frequency is everywhere anyway And if you're a match to it and it's meant for you, then it's gonna come into your world. And whether that means like listening to this podcast episode or, you know, I suddenly traveling around the world and just encountering a ranch where you end up being around horses and you feel that heart coherence and that does something for you and you take that on your journey. You know, it's horses have so, so much to offer that even I haven't fully tapped into. And so of course I would say like, yes, everybody, like be aware of horses listen to them you know make an effort to go and spend time with them see what happens for you and also like feel yourself being listened to by the animal kingdom through them and what that does for your consciousness and at the same time like if it's a match for you which if you're in that experience then it will be but if you're not then there's going to be something that's relevant and important for you to experience which could be even better you know
0: So you're here for horse awareness.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I would love to see, like I said before, that vision that I have of horses coming away from the disciplines that they're in and living a much more natural life also includes this collective awakening of people being aware of the fact that horses are spiritual beings, you know, which, you know, of course, that would then mirror back to us as we are spiritual beings and everything is spiritual. But yeah, it is an awareness of the fact that horses have something to offer at a deeper level beyond riding or beyond just like being used for some kind of discipline. And that extends into what they have to offer is this deep spiritual heart connection, which is very healing.
0: What? Let's go there. Let's say we're in this. We're in this and by the way everybody uh, if you go to delara which you you'll find in the show notes here um, she has a lot of charities for horses so yes you're already uh, you're already living a very much a selfless life even though I know this is a dream of yours it's taking care of these horses right now and animal care is the first priority so I, I totally uh, I'm with you there I, I support that um, but let's say we get let's say the we take care of all the horses let's say this vision happens we strip away the buildings we're in nature the horses are doing what they're meant to be doing in their natural state where do you think we could go with this i mean what could happen do you think the horses uh, are we all gonna? Are they all gonna pair their brains together? And we're all gonna sit in the field, and then we're all just gonna slowly start levitating. I mean, what is <laughs> what is your vision of the full power and frequency mm-hmm. of these horses all in one space? And and you can even speak of the. I mean, look, Dolara. I guess also what I'm asking is what's kind of the, the weirdest, most unexplainable thing you've experienced from the power of horses so far mm-hmm. that could only be magnified if they were mm-hmm. all together in this dream vision of yours? Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: definitely the, like, the calling in of that extraterrestrial energy. That really, really, really blew my mind. That was the quote-unquote weirdest outside-the-box thing for me, like, When the horses are all together and when i'm with them there's this it's like an energy opening and availability of a frequency for that extraterrestrial energy just to be felt and yeah
0: what does that mean extraterrestrial energy you knew did you just know it was cosmic did you see anything in the sky was it what made it different
1: so i started to have dreams about ships a lot at a certain point this is about 2019 um when the horses and i were sitting together again obviously i was doing it nearly every day and that extraterrestrial energy i want to call it more of an energy than like specific beings came into my life first of all through dreams and i've actually always been, been slightly obsessed with aliens and extraterrestrials but never done anything about it never followed that thread and so I started having these dreams and then I started following and working with Bridget Nielsen who came out now about 10 years ago as you know the hybrid girl who you know the hybrid kids right girl and you know and so I started following her work and she talks a lot about hybrid children she talks a lot about the galactic you know frequencies and energies and how to connect with them so on my own side away from the horses um like in the house I was doing a lot of that discovery and then that started opening my mind of course and the dreams got more intense and the I didn't see I've never seen anything in the sky um you know in my waking life but I have felt the presence of the hybrid kids maximum three times with the horses and that is it was a very specific energy like the word hybrid kids like I saw it in my mind's eye my horses were looking at something really specific which I couldn't see but I could feel I just knew you know I just like we all have a knowing and I knew that that was what was happening and that really again like it kind of blew me open to okay well what's possible like if we're just connecting with these beings and it's all benevolent and it's all just information and communication like what else is possible so when you i heard you asking that question that's the first thing that comes to mind you know and really bridging the gap between like life on earth and life beyond earth
0: wow that's a yeah a great answer a great answer well look you know before we wrap uh, i have to ask he, well, first of all, <laughs> I know you're like, what could he possibly ask on top of all the questions? Uh, well, everybody, you got to check out com, the book. <laughs> the healing language of horses we're going to link to that also i mean look you're doing tarot i know you have retreats where people can um meet the horses work with them specifically uh your reiki practitioner i you you you've you've done a lot so i i definitely i i trust uh you you really (laughs) you know the subject well and there are various ways people can work with you um but what about the unicorns That is my question. <laughs> Final <laughs> question. What is going on with those?
1: Oh my God. I love it. I didn't see that coming. I was like following you and what you were saying. I was like, I oh, okay. Um, that's crazy. I just want to like insert a little personal snippet there. When I was young, I had dreams of unicorns like every night for as long as I can remember. Really? And anyway. Yeah, it was crazy. They would come and in the dreams and I would go flying on them through all these different you know, experiences. But anyway, unicorn energy. Um, do you mean unicorn energy or actual unicorns?
0: <laughs> are they out there? Is that what horses are supposed to do? We wish horses were unicorns. Uh, what are your thoughts on the unicorns as spiritual entities?
1: Yeah, yeah, I love it. I think that the unicorns and the elementals are also quite closely connected. But um, for anyone who wants to follow up on this, Diana Cooper uh, does a lot of unicorn work in terms of working with the frequency and vibrations of unicorn. She has a unicorn deck, she does unicorn meditations. Um, I feel personally, my when I tap into the unicorn energy, it's a way for, especially children, but all people, to connect with, you know, the, the horse collective, like the higher selves of the horse collective in a very like dream state, energetic, you know, lucid dreaming almost type of um, experience. And so I feel that unicorn energy is a really, really high vibration. And now the number 12 is coming to mind again, for some reason. So there could be a link there with the 12th seat, but, um. Also, I've thought about, okay, is unicorn energy the highest self of the horse? Yeah. You know, um, that I need to explore more. I haven't really gone into it, but it's come to my mind. It's a very real unicorn energy. Do we all want horses to be unicorns? I mean, absolutely.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I don't know, lie, though, just because they have that horn-looking thing on top I mean, What is it that makes the unicorn so special?
1: But if you look at, like you know, movies and iconography, the unicorn is always depicted as this ethereal, like, magic. You know, let me take you to, you know, either rescue you from this enchanted forest or they just appear at the right time. And I don't know whether you've seen any of those films, but I definitely have.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean and, also Lisa Frank did you ever play with uh those Lisa Frank that that was big in the United States this artist that drew unicorns she had these coloring books for oh. kids my two sisters uh were yeah as kids I mean there it was just unicorn stuff I mean it was a big thing in the US Lisa wow. Frank yeah so there is something about uh it was very popularized in the 90s I would say
1: yeah. Yeah. And then like, if we look at what was going on in the nineties with what people were doing in terms of exploring different realms of consciousness through, you know, whether yeah. it's meditation. Or, and it's always you know,
0: rainbows too. The unicorns always have the rainbows. Yeah. yeah.
1: And there is, yeah, I mean, look, like unicorns, if you journey with horses, there is, it's almost the same experience as again, that whole subconscious imagery that we have of horses, for some uh, unicorns, sorry, for some reason, where you're on a unicorn's back, you know, the rainbow energy is there, obviously linked in with all the rainbow energy on our planet right now and different people. And being able to travel from dimension to dimension, which we can all do anyway in our consciousness, but the unicorns are here as guides. And they have all this unconditional love and these high energies to bring through. And of course, the horses are a manifestation in some senses of that energy with the huge heart center and everything that we've talked about so it's an interesting one though i mean i i would love to go deeper into that and i definitely now i just want to go and ask my horses about it
0: are you the <laughs> is delara the unicorn whisperer <laughs> <God. I laughs> is that know. what we're taking away from this episode that's sort of what i'm getting from all this i, I can see it.
1: you're getting that um I don't know. Let's, let's talk in 10 years' time. Maybe I'll be w- a lot more informed and up-to-date on an answer for that.
0: No, and look, I and, and I very much appreciate how uh, open you've been. I mean, you, you seem to know a lot about the subject, and you've been very open to saying that you don't know a lot about certain things, too, and you're still exploring. Uh, but the fact is, you, you got a lot of great information uh, to share, so everybody needs to check out the healing language of horses uh which congratulations book reached number 1 in the UK on June 1st uh, that's amazing
1: thank you yeah that was really amazing
0: yeah yeah it's it's really it's it's been an honor for you uh to come on the show and uh, and uh, yeah also oh my gosh wait you're even a better person than i thought because uh, at least fifty percent of the proceeds are going to horse sanctuary, right? A horse sanctuary.
1: Yes, yes. I'll just give you and listeners a quick insight into that. So, the fifty percent of the proceeds from the first one hundred copies sold—that includes the ebook and the paperback—will yeah. go to a sanctuary based in Wales called the Springwood Sanctuary, and it's a rescue center for equines in the UK. And they do amazing work the owners are you know very very focused on mindfulness and connecting with nature connecting with people who come and visit them with the herd and nature i mean she has a very similar approach to me and perspective in terms of what horses have to offer but she she's doing amazing work and the herd are all really really happy and she's always taking on new equines so There's that, and then 50% of the next 100 copies goes to a charity in Jordan called the Princess Alia Foundation. And they focus on, again, rescuing working equines, that's horses and donkeys in the area, and um, ecological and sustainable education of educating children about also how to work with equines in a different way. And they're working on a whole bunch of stuff, which I couldn't name off the top of my head right now. But
0: yeah, they're really inspirational. What do donkeys have to offer us? Oh, my
1: God. They have a completely different vibe. They are, yeah. A lot of them are really, really, they bring in this kind of joy, fun, really deep, like, really, really ancient, like, almost archaic energy. And, um, yeah, they're just so wise. But they have a great sense of humor as well.
0: Yeah. Uh, I love all this stuff. This has been great. Uh, Dilara Patati. Thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been very informative. I've quite enjoyed it.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. It's always really helpful to have all the questions so that I can look for the answers.
0: (laughs) Uh, Amazing, amazing. Well, keep seeking it and, and let us know. Thanks, Greg. Thank you so much. Lara love that conversation I want to thank Rodney McGillivray for the theme music I want to thank you for listening, again if you enjoy the show follow in on Apple Podcasts rate the show, leave a review helps out, and check out Dilara Patowdy's links, buy her book and hey next time you see a horse go out Stare it in the eyes and try to pick up what it's saying to you, but be careful. Stare at one of those things too long, they're seductive. Just ask that actor that played Harry Potter.